that's because Stefan Diggs came through for your boy with nine catches, 145 yards receiving with three touchdowns. And I'm going to tell you why that's important. I'm going to tell you why that's important. Because I would say by halftime, by half, well, no, I would say by the third quarter, I would say. I think by the third quarter, the Bills were already in a, um, a comfortable, I would say a comfortable lead uh, against the Patriots. Um, let me see, by the third quarter, yeah, by the third quarter, by the third quarter, the Bills were already up 31-9, right? So by the half, by the half they was up by they I think they was up by seven. I think it was ten and three by the half. If I'm not mistaken, I'm not sure. I forgot. No, I think I think it ended up being twenty four to nine by halftime. Um, and that's when I was down. Shout out to my boy CL. So I was up against CL in the championship in a Cinderella, a Cinderella type of season to where I made it to the playoff. I squeezed into the playoffs like like one of these um, NFC East teams are about to do, right? So they're about to get in with a losing record. I'm getting in with a losing record, or I did get in with a losing record because I was at six and seven. <sighs> Somehow managed to get all the way to the finals uh, or the Super Bowl championship game, whatever you want to call it. And I was down by, I think I was going into the game, um, well, actually going into. Like halftime, halftime of the game, I think I was down by like seven points, somewhere around there. But I know I was going into the game with two players, and he had one player left, right? So that one player, uh, he had, I think, was a kicker. He had a kicker, and I had two players left, and that was Stephon Diggs, and I also had the Buffalo Bills defense. And the Buffalo Bills defense is pretty solid. You know, it's one of those teams, like, you know, like Miami is considered – you know, they, they they have had the number one defense or at least had it uh, at one point. Um, but, you know, those two teams have been solid as far as defenses. You know, they will create some turnovers. They'll get after the quarterback. I think Miami has one of the best uh, DBs in the game. Uh, and Buffalo has some – they got some uh, – they got some defensive backs over there as well. Um, so, I mean, I was going into the game – optimistic, but once I seen the halftime score, I'm like, damn, I'm down by seven. I'm down by seven points, and Buffalo was already up by, you know, by like, I think it was like 24, 24 to nine, 24 to nine or something like that, 24 to nine, 24 to 10. Um, it was looking bad in my on my part because I'm like at this point Buffalo can just run the ball, wrap it up. You know, there's no need to be throwing the ball anymore. And um so I went out of the app. The other league that I was in, I was up a comfortable lead. You know, I only I'm not even sure if I trailed at any moment when it came to the other league. And um so I just knew CL was about to pull it off. I knew CL was about to pull it off. All he had to do, and I've been in that situation before where your kicker is the last one. You know what I mean? Like, and he has to be relied on. But uh, so so the AGS League All-Stars, I played against a, a team called Atlanta Club Shay Shay. Atlanta Club Shay Shay. I don't know who that is. Uh, their name is Nick 
Juan Salah. Juan Salah? I'm not sure. But anyway, I beat him 213.54 to 136.44. So it was a comfortable victory over there. Uh, then we go to the Credentials League. Shout out to the shout out to the thread. Um, like I said, I got in there with six wins and uh, seven losses, but I got it to the championship, and this is how it went. So you know, it was pretty, it was pretty even up until you know that Green Bay game really helped CL because. Uh, Devontae Adams had actually went off, and he actually went off for, you know, 11 receptions, 142 yards, and three touchdowns. So it was somewhat similar to what to what Diggs did because they almost have identical uh, points. Like, uh, Devontae Adams had 43.2 points, and Stephon Diggs had 41.5, which means all he needed was maybe one more reception, one or two more receptions, and then he either would have been tied or more points than Devontae Adams, but that was the game. That was that was that was what I needed to match him because um everything else was pretty much I guess you can call it pretty much even up until um he had a he had a donut which was Corey Davis from Tennessee gave him zero. I'm talking about zero reception, zero yards. You might want to check if, if that man played or if he was injured during that game. But his defense played better than mine by three points. He had Baltimore that was against the, the Giants, and I had Buffalo against New England. He had me by three points on that one. Our kickers was a, was a point of piece, um, but that was the defense. That, that was the that was the def, um, The deciding factor was Corey Davis gave him zero points. You know, like like I said, everything else was pretty much evened out. You know, I had got him in a quarterback duel with Aaron Rodgers, 25 points uh, to his 15 with Kyler Murray. Um, but he had uh, he had Dalvin Cook, who put up 16. Jay, uh, Jacobs from the Raiders gave me six. But I also had Jonathan Taylor, who gave me 19. And he had Henderson, uh, who had only gave him six. But remember, he had got injured in that game. Uh, De- uh, DeAndre Hopkins gave me 12. Devontae Adams, like I said earlier, gave him 43. DJ Metcalf gave me 11. Uh, Jefferson from Minnesota, Justin Jefferson gave him 14. Uh, Jared Cook gave me 11. So that's solid for a tight end. But uh, uh, Kittle uh, gave him 13. And I, again, the deciding factor was Stefan Diggs came through with the 41, and Corey Davis gave him zero. Uh, a lot of money on the bench for me because um, I left Juju. Uh, I left Juju on the bench, and he had 24. So if I would have played him instead of, instead of like a DJ, uh, or even if I would have played him over Hopkins, then I pretty much uh, it pre- pretty much would have been a blown out. Um, and I also left uh, I also left Jeff Wilson Jr. from uh, Frisco. He had, had gave me 27. So if I would have played him, it would have been problems. Um, but you know, again, he could have played, he could have played DJ, um, uh, DJ Clark. Um, I mean, chart, <laughs> how do you say his name? <laughs> uh, he also had, um, he also had James Conner on the bench who had gave him 17. So there was, you know, after a loss, you started to add up the points that was on the bench and seeing that, you know, if it would have panned out, if they would have started, but I mean, look, that's, um, 
that's uh that's fantasy football. You know what I mean? So I won I won back to back leagues. So this is the thing. This is this is why I'm so amped. I won two leagues in the same night. But I also won the credential league two years in a row. You know what I mean? So at that point, like, I think I should be able to rename. I think I should be able to rename the trophy at this point. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think that should be. I need that. I think I need to holler at the commissioner about that. I, I think we have, we're going to have to make some uh, changes. <sighs> Staying on football, Booker McFarlane, Randy Moss, and company had some things to say. Adam Scheffler was there as well. Had some things to say about, you know, the Washington football team uh, releasing uh, Haskins. You know what I mean? Um, And this is the thing. A lot of people feel like even a lot of uh, Washington fans feel like Dwayne Haskins wasn't given a fair chance at being a quarterback, being a rookie coming in and stuff like that. They didn't give him a fair chance. You know what I mean? And um, he had an opportunity. Didn't really pan out. At the same time, that football team, uh, which which turned out to have a solid a solid defensive front, that's just about it. But they also, you know, they also drafted a defensive front. Um, it just didn't pan out for the season. And the and although that uh, division is terrible, they still have an opportunity to uh, make it to the playoffs. And um, you know. Between the front office and Dwayne Haskins all season, has just been a shit show. Between the two. You know, Washington has been trying to play a little bit better. Like I said, their defensive front is solid. Um, they even got a, you know, a young, solid uh, running back crew back there. They've always had an issue with, um, with basically the quarterback position, which a lot of teams are going through that. Even teams that have found a somewhat solid starting quarterback, such as my Raiders, we still have our issues at that position and other things as well. And I'll get to my Raiders in a minute. Um, but Booker McFarland had brought up a point that we've always, that we, we pretty much talk about every year and or every, if it's not every year, we bring it up so often. And that's these black quarterbacks who don't get a fair chance, even, you know, not just the black quarterbacks, but, you know, we talk about the black head coaches. We don't have any black owners and stuff like that. But coming back down the totem pole, we talk about the black quarterbacks and how they get into this league. And some of them don't focus on the business side when they get in the league. And that's just not it. It's, it's just not their position because there's receivers, there's running backs, there's defensive players that fall under that same category. But I think the point that he was trying to make, and shout out to CL and everybody else that had commented on on the uh, the on the topic and on Booger McFarland's opinion is that I didn't I didn't see no lie and what he was saying is that they come in they don't they don't they don't look at it as a business you know what I mean and that's what you need to focus on is the business side when you get in here on top of exercising and updating your craft you know what I'm saying your position and things like that the quarterback position is probably the hardest most difficult position to play on the field. Because you got you have to not only have the physical attributes, you gotta be able to make certain throws, you know what I'm saying, knowing where to put you know, the window to put the ball in, how to lead the receiver, you know, how how to put the ball in a certain spot where only the receiver can go and get it. Um, the accuracy on the deep ball. This is all the physical stuff, the 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 back shoulder pass. Um these are 
difficult things for a quarterback to do phys- physically, but also the mental side, which is knowing the playbook, knowing how to audible, knowing how to read the defenses uh, week in and week out, different, different defensive sets and schemes that's coming after you. You know what I mean? And it's a lot. So I do give all quarterbacks a pass on that because that's just a it's just a difficult position to play. Like it's it's a whole nother job within inside of that job. You know what I mean? Uh, and then you also got to maintain it. You also got to learn the chemistry between you and your running backs and your receivers and your tight ends. You even got to know the rhythm of your uh, of, the, of your lineman. You got to be able to trust your lineman. You know, uh, we bring up David Carr, who used to play for the Texans, and it's like he was one of those cats that. Didn't have great protection, but he was a quarterback that couldn't get out of the pocket. And and when it broke down, and it broke down a whole lot, and he didn't have the legs to, or the athleticism, I should say, to get out of there. And he had to depend on a line that wasn't that great. And he has, I think, he still has the record of being sacked the most in the NFL. Um, at the same time, when it comes to black quarterbacks that go to these prestige programs in college, I mean, they're glorified, you know, but they also are catered to um, when it comes to college football. And a lot of these top programs are, are fit and they groom their players for, for the pros, I should say, you know, especially like, like USC is known to have a pro style offense that get their quarterbacks ready for the league. Even though most of them haven't panned out since I've been paying attention to them, Carson Palmer is the only one that has really had a solid uh, above-water career as a quarterback. Outside of that, you know what I'm saying, you have Sanchez, who was somewhat decent for a small portion. You know what I'm saying? John David Booty, ugh. You know what I mean? Uh, Matt Castle, ugh. You know, although Matt Castle did have one good regular season, um, the thing is, like, once they get into the league, a lot of these pro scouts, a lot of these, uh, pro, pro, uh, I would say, uh, these coaches, uh, these trainers and stuff like that, they, some, they know your weaknesses probably before you get there. So they do take the chance of you, uh, drafting you or whatever, but you do have the physical talent if you're, if you're drafted in the first round, and not only that, if you're drafted high in the first round, um, at the same time, it's still on you to carry yourself a certain way, to make yourself better. You don't have to wait on a trainer uh, to get better. I mean, and what I mean by wait, that, that doesn't mean that you should go out there by yourself and try to figure this shit out by yourself. You have access to trainers. You know what I mean? You have access to people that can give you advice on how to be a better player in general. It's on you to work on your your uh, your personal talent, but the shit that you need to make or you need to correct or you need to be ahead of while inside the game, which is reading the defense and knowing the playbook, that's all. You can get that type of help. You know what I mean? Um, so... I think that's what Boogie McFarlane was trying to say is that once you get into the league, you got to work even harder to keep that because someone is already up next. And it seems like we get to the league, we get that, we get that, uh, you know, whatever, whatever money we get from, <laughs> from our agent when we get drafted and shit like that, the moment that we got to pay back, it's like we made it. You know what I'm saying? That draft suit, you know, that jewelry that we wear, like, yo, yo, we made it. 
Like, no, nah, that's not it, you know? And, and, and the example that he had brought up, and I was going to bring my brother Goldie on here because he is an LSU fan, uh, was Jamarcus Russell when we drafted him back in the day. And, you know, this was a cat that wowed, that wowed our owner because he could throw 60 yards on one, on one foot, you know, off of, off of a knee. You know what I'm saying? And, and you are, y'all already know how Al Davis was. It's like, bro, he, he, uh, he loved that deep ball. He liked to stretch the field. So that was just, that was just, uh, a beauty to him. And the thing was, DeMarcus couldn't do anything else. You know, at one point we had Terrell Pryor. You know, and these two quarterbacks at one point was some like the top quarterbacks in college football. And I and 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 you know, Dwayne Haskins was was one of those players in college that played extremely well. You know what I mean? But at the same time, when you get to the pros, everybody's on that level. So you got to take your game up, man. It was like there was no hunger. But at the same time, Washington is at fault because they didn't give this man a chance to live. You know, during this, um, I would say going through the transition of becoming a new franchise in itself, in a historical franchise, they're becoming new, changing their name. They're still looking for another name. Um, It's just a lot of stuff that's going on with their organization that they're trying to fix. On top of that, you drafted this quarterback for a reason. And to release him is just it doesn't look bad. it doesn't look good on their part, um, but it does goes to show that it is extremely hard to find a quarterback. But going back to what Booger was saying, it was like, yo, when we get these black athletes into this league, especially playing the quarterback position, which is the most highlighted uh, position in the NFL, the most important position in the NFL. This is why they made so many rule changes. Is that Bro, you got to take this stuff serious and as a business because they will treat you as a business. You know what I mean? Like some of you guys come in here thinking that you come in here to play your childhood sport. You are. But at the same time, this is still a business. This is why they created rules to where, you know, these quarterbacks, they're trying to prevent some of these quarterbacks from going down. You know what I'm saying? Because quarterbacks is, 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 is a huge it's a huge chunk of that uh, money that's coming in because they're considered, you know, the star players of the league and you'll have your star receiver, star running back, star defensive players and stuff like that. But the quarterback will always be the face of the team because he's considered the captain. You know what I mean? Even on some, you know, even if you're just a defensive team and you're just a quarterback in there to manage it, they're still going to come to you. If you're out there winning games and carrying the team with this defense, they're still going to ask you the questions. You're still going to be at the forefront, et cetera. You might not be an elite quarterback. You might not be a, a, a popular quarterback, but you are the quarterback that's the face of the team that's helping the franchise win the game. So you'll be, you might, let's put it like this. You might not be nationally known, but you'll definitely be locally known. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that's important. That's important. They're going to try to take care of their quarterback at all means. But that relationship between Washington and Dwayne Haskins, uh, you know, it ended. And it ended too quick to me, you know, because they never gave him a chance. And a lot of people are saying, well, they give these white quarterbacks a chance and stuff like that. We already know what's lopsided when it comes to that. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and shout out, you know, uh, Chris bringing up Johnny Manziel and stuff like that. Johnny Manziel is a whole totally different person because he already had money. He can actually go out there and set trip all he want because at the end of the day, if they don't allow him back into the league, he's still going back to money. Some of these black players come from the same streets that we come from. That's why I say when you look at the draft, they look at it as a lottery. Get a, you know, because immediately the first thing that they say is they're going to buy moms a house. You know what I'm saying? It's rare. It's rare that you see, 
you know, these white players come out and say they about to buy their moms this, that, and the third, although they will, but it's like, are they, is, is, you know, is their background really hurting like that? A lot of our players, a lot of our star players admitted that they came, or not even admit that we already knew that they were struggling in, 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 in the past. You know what I'm saying? So getting those NFL paychecks really means something, you know, but it's a business. It's a business. There's a reason why Derek Carr got paid all that money or whatever, because he came in and he actually produced, though. You know what I'm saying? He actually had got us in the seven years that he's been in the league. He's got us to the playoffs at least once. You know what I'm saying? He just needed time to grow. He never had the coach. You know what I mean? And then when he did have a good coach, I'm not, you know, and, and I'm not sure why we got rid of a coach that actually got us to the playoffs, you know, in Jack Del Rio. But um, that's just, it's the business. It's the business. Um, but again, man, just for the black quarterbacks out there, man, you already know you're behind the eight ball already unless you're just spectacular with your feet or you have a phenomenal arm to where they can't deny it. You know what I mean? Whether it's power and accuracy or something, you know, athletic, you're athletically gifted, you know what I mean, to get out of that pocket. Shout out to Michael Vick. Shout out to uh, Lamar Jackson, you know, et cetera, et cetera. You know what I mean? Uh, Deshaun Watson, you know, when you're built like that, then um, – They'll give you some time. They'll give you some time. Dwayne Hudson is not as athletic as those players that I just said, but he does have a powerful arm. His accuracy is questionable, but you got to give him time to grow. You got to give him time to grow because we we thought this was going to be what Lamar Jackson was going to go through uh, over there in Baltimore. It's like, yeah, I, I just knew they was going to turn him into a receiver because that's, they have a history of doing that. You know what I mean? And, and not just against black uh, quarterbacks, although it's mostly against black quarterbacks, but they've done it to white white uh, quarterbacks as well. You know, Julian Edelman, you know, Eric Krause back in the day, they turned him into a receiver. Tim Tebow, they didn't believe in him, you know. Um, but they never give these players a chance, you know what I'm saying? And mostly we're at the butt of that because we just are, you know what I'm saying? Like, And, and, and I think Booker was trying to say, don't help them get you out of the league. Don't help them or don't give them a reason to make a business move that's going to go against you. You know what I'm saying? Treat yourself as a business, not just a brand. You know what I mean? And, and, and again, I think he was more so talking about just generation because we do make up over 70 to 75% of the league, and it's like we have the most talent or whatever. Um, but just you, you got to go in and you got to treat it like a business. Point blank, period. Uh, getting to my Raiders, I'm disappointed. We had a chance to stay in the race. Although we had we had to depend on other teams, we still controlled our own destiny. We not even controlling our own destiny to get to the playoffs, but you just want to go out on a high note in general. But we did have a chance, and we plucked it off. John Gruden. This is the first time this year that I really had to question myself about John Gruden. Just this game, though. So I'm not going to say throw him away because of one game, um, but I did question him about you know on fourth and goal. We decided to take the conservative role, which was crazy because we had went for it on fourth down. We had a bad third down conversion game against Miami, but we had great fourth down conversions. And we're on the goal line, and we kick a field goal. We kick a field goal with less than uh, less than a minute left, uh, somewhere around fifty something seconds. And I guess you're trying to believe in a defense that you couldn't believe in all season. The defense had two good games, two. They had one good game and one questionable defensive game, and that was against Kansas City the first time we played them. We were shutting them down majority of the game until they started to come back. Then we had a great game against the Browns, which I'll get to in a second, and we did all that, 
and we played trash the rest of the season as far as defense. Our offense is solid, always have been solid. The only time we had a hiccup was against Atlanta. You know what I mean? We played pretty bad, and we played pretty, pretty bad against other teams too, obviously because of, of the of the games that we lost. But we did lose some games where we lost by you know a touchdown or less. And the thing about it is, um, on that third and one, I'm. I'm going for on that third and one. I'm going for I'm going for the touchdown. So they have to score a touchdown. You know what I mean? And like I said, um, it was gutsy calls all game. And I understand taking a field goal if it's a fourth and one, and we couldn't stick it in those previous times. I'm I, I think I'm going for it though. You got to put all because it's like I think you're more respected if. And I, and I get it. There'll be some fans that say, well, why didn't you go for the field goal? You know what I'm saying? If you knew you couldn't get in, we've been having an issue running the ball all game. I think the biggest run that we had was 20 yards, and that was it. You know what I'm saying? Overall, they were shutting down the run, but you got to give us something to play for, man. Gruden, you got to and, – and this and, – and we already knew going in, if we was able to make the playoffs, we knew it wasn't going to be – we probably weren't going to be able to make any noise, depending on who we played. I know we played Kansas City tough. Twice this year, we split. But it's like, we don't have a defense built for the playoffs. The offense, somewhat solid. We can compete with a lot of cats. But as far as our defense, our defense been needed work. And I don't even think it's just the players. I think it's just the coaching and the uh, the, the the strategy where we putting our players and stuff like that. We got lost on a cover two. The safeties is like 10 yards behind the receiver and I'm like, why? I know you don't want to get beat, get beat deep, but that ball, when that ball was tipped, and, and the ball wasn't even tipped, it, you know, it was a face mask. I would have took the 15-yard face mask because at that point, there was time knocked off the clock. A lot of time that was knocked off the clock. You know what I mean? Um, but the fact that we got a face mask, 15-yard penalty, and the man caught the ball all, all along the sideline, I was crushed, man. I was really crushed. I was really crushed. And I was really disappointed. At the, at the same time, the only thing I could do was laugh because we lost that in the Raiders' way. I hope we do a lot of changing this offseason. And I hope I hope the focus is not just on drafting defensive players, but I hope we, we, we focus on how to build a defense, how to craft a defense. You know what I mean? Because I'm a, I'm a true believer in, yes, you can pick defensive players, but if you don't have the right defensive schemes and the right defensive coach to teach you where to be at and how to be there, how to make the right plays, it doesn't even matter. Because we had Khalil Mack, who at the time was arguably the best defensive lineman, uh, pass rusher in the league, and he's not going to get you to playoffs by himself. Yeah, he might, he might, he might do his thing in, in situation moments, but I don't want situational moments where we're depending on him to get a sack to end the game. I want to dominate the entire game. I want to give that quarterback problems the entire game, so we're not put in those positions. Because he still got to make those. He still got to make those plays, even if he does play all game, and then it comes down to a close game. You still got to. The, the results still got to be the same thing, or the effort got, still got to be the same thing. So. Rooting guys a contract, and I'm not mad at them. I'm not mad at them like some Raider fans are, because some Raider fans are, are so tired of losing that they was like, "We're we're turn we turn a corner, but we don't fully turn it." And I think that's what they're pissed off about. Like we're right there, even then when, when we did make it to the wild card spot some years ago, I think 2016, um, we didn't have our starting quarterback. So it was like we get there and we don't have all our pieces, but that's the game, though. 
You know what I'm saying? Because Philly actually won a Super Bowl with their backup quarterback. So it was like, you know, Mariota came in in the Chargers game and held it down. And, but we lost that one. But why? Because of defense. You know what I mean? So that's my thing. That's my thing on that. The NBA is back, though. Uh, the NBA back has been back for a week now. And everything has been flourishing. You know, everything is back on schedule. You know, AD has taken the game off. And in that game, we still, you know, managed to – who was that that he took the game off against? Timberwolves smacked the dog shit out of them. That same night, the Clippers lost to uh, the Dallas Mavericks by 50, 51. And Paul George said it wasn't a big deal. That was a game Kawhi didn't play because the game before, Kawhi had to cut in his mouth. You know, he had got injured where he looked like he got shot. Yeah, so he didn't play the next game, which was the Dallas game. And that goes to show – that goes to show – you know, that PG-13, don't, you know what the one thing is wrong with PG-13? PG-13 just got to keep his, uh, his answer short and simple. You know what I mean? At this point, it seems like he likes to be criticized or whatever. But at the same time, look, it's just one game. We're going to make fun of it. And I've seen a lot of Clipper fans and a lot of Clipper uh, Twitter handlers uh, trolling, well, trying to rebuttal us from trolling, everybody was clowning the Clippers, not just Laker fans, but they was like, yeah, at one point, you know, the Clippers was beating us by 40 or 50 points, how fast they forget. Well, yeah, because that was a regular season game, <laughs> you know what I mean? And it was like, you know, it was a regular season game. Now, this is a regular season game, too, you know, to, to, to y'all point, but the thing is, you're going to get clowned. Don't, don't focus on us, focus on yourself. You know what I'm saying? Because we're going to clown everybody. You know what I'm saying? There's going to be times where we lose the game by 20 or 30 points. You niggas lost by 51. You know what I'm saying? That was crazy. You know what I'm saying? The one thing that we can say is that, yeah, when we did lose, we'll end up being the results. You know what I mean? So, I mean, look, at the end of the season, um, Clipper fans are so and, – and you know what it is? I don't even think it's the true Clipper fans because true Clipper fans are really humble especially the OG ones, it's these new ones, man, that came over when Live City was popping, when they felt like I'll hop on this wave so i act like I've been there. It's those Clipper fans. You know what I'm saying? Between Golden State, between Golden State and the Clippers, man, they're always being catch jumping ship going back and forth, back and forth. So whoever's doing the best between Golden State and the Clippers, that's who they're going to rock with. They want to go with the underdog, shit like that. Say they always been with the Clippers. I can honestly tell you, I haven't met that many Clipper fans in my life. You know what I'm saying? And the ones that I do meet, they are optimistic. You know what I'm saying? They do say they shit about the Lakers, but they know what it really is. Um, outside of that, man, that's it. You know, um, the NFL is coming up on the playoffs. The NBA is back in full swing. We're heading into the new year. Uh, let's get it. Let's get it. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I hope my back-to-back has inspired my back-to-back fantasy leagues. Uh, championships has inspired my Lakers. <laughs> I know they be listening to Open Run, so hopefully y'all could, uh, hopefully y'all can get in y'all bag and and get us a back to back. You know what I'm saying? For Open Run with BTG, at least you can do that for me. You know what I mean? Uh, outside of that, I'll see y'all in the new year. I'll see y'all in the new year. Um, hopefully we can get back outside, people. Hopefully I can we can get back to you know what I'm saying the VBL, the Vintage Basketball League. At Venice Beach, hopefully the Drew League will be able to come back. Hopefully um, the Summer League will be able to come back, so we can go watch these young these young players getting in. You know AAU tournaments. You know what I'm saying? 
football games and stuff like that. I know, I know we shut down our leagues, you know what I'm saying? So ain't no telling what's going, what the future holds, man. But hopefully it's looking up from here on. Um, and again, man, I, this is a special episode. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to go into depth with it or whatever, but it was supposed to be a quick win and stuff like that. But now that I think about it, everything I just finished talking about from Dwayne Haskins to, to my Raiders, uh, head coach Gruden, you know what I mean? Um, these black athletes, everybody, man, like the NBA has started coming from a short turnaround. Like pray for everybody. Pray for everybody's health during this time. Pray for everybody's career. You know what I mean? Even if they're not a part of your franchise or your favorite team, give them a shout out. You know, shout out to PG-13, man. Pray for that man. You know what I'm saying? So he can get better and play better in important moments and shit like that and, and, and possibly help the Clippers get to a championship run. You know what I mean? Uh, pray for everybody. But pray for my Lakers for that back-to-back. Back-to-back, <laughs> back, y'all. Not only am I back, but I'm back-to-back. Back. I'll holla at y'all in the new year.